Coaster Kings Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, wow. welcome to episode four <laughs> of Coaster Kings. I'm, I'm a little tired. It's 1 a.m., 2 a.m., whatever it is. And we are going to be talking about Japan a lot today. We have so, Kawaii, everyone. The Kawaii Coaster Kings podcast special. Yeah, and you say so, it's nope. morning, like, uh, you say it's evening, but here it's like morning, 7 a.m., so I just woke yeah. up, my hair is all everywhere, but... Uh, everyone is really Really tired. Japan We timed style. it really nicely. Yeah, but I really Japan. think, yeah, I think the best podcast happened when everyone is delirious. I think it's funnier <laughs> that way. We, yeah, we don't have a plan, so no. everything <laughs> here is non-rehearsed We just today. talked about this. <laughs> well, we do have a little bit of a plan. Like, we have a small plan. I'm Small I, plan. Tiny plan. Just a tiny, tiny plan. I'm the Japanese new, a little. and so I'm going to ask you <laughs> some questions. Uh, He's a weeb noob. Yeah. A weeb noob. And I want to know everything about, well, at some point in my life, I definitely want to visit Japan, hope or, hopefully sooner or later. But I still need to hit Orlando first, though. Um, yeah, that's okay. You can come visit yeah. us first. We'll tell you more yeah. in person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but once I do, well, I take a flight to Tokyo, I suppose. I arrive at the airport. And then I'm like, okay, I want to do theme parks. But I have no clue whatsoever where to go. Where do I go? Best thing to do. Where do I start? So there's this lovely little website. And it is called... What's the website called again? The one we used for the metro. Oh my god, I can't remember. Um, at, our friend Mark Lacombe was using this website. I, it was something. It was a system that allowed you to uh, map out um, train like uh, train routes and stuff okay. like in advance. I didn't even think we were going to bring that up. Yeah, well, so there's I guess a, it would make sense. So there's a website, and hopefully by the end of the episode we'll remember what it is. So you have to yeah. listen the entire way through. Um, there is a website that you use, and you type in your start des- no, starting position and then your end destination. It'll give you a bunch of different options, a bunch of different times a day, um, how to get anywhere using what color lines and what the names of the stations and the platforms are. And all these names are weird in Japanese, and they all sound the same. But the great thing is that this is a really, really useful guide that when you use it, you, use, you can easily make your way around Japan without much of a, of a need of any assistance. Now most people speak English there. It's I mean it's not like everyone speaks English, but it's definitely a lot better in China. People will understand you. You can ask yeah. for help. Uh, There's probably really more than one. I just I would just Google like if you just Google like rail maps and stuff for cities and stuff. There there are webs multiple websites where you you enter the station that you're closest to. You know if you're wandering around the city or if you're at the airport and you're going to your hotel, you know. What you do want to get is you want to get some cash out before you go to your transportation. Mm-hmm. And you want to get a Suica card. It's like a little penguin <laughs> on the card. And it's spelled yeah. S-U-I-C-A, Suica. Suica. It's super cute because everything yeah. in Japan is super kawaii. It's just, your, it's just your, your rail pass. And that you can use anywhere. And then there, um, the best way to get... For Americans, the whole rail pass thing is, is pretty exciting for Europeans. It's, it's like, a, oh, okay. Another day. It's another <laughs> metro system. No big deal. Now, in order to get around the country, the country isn't that large, but if you want to get between major cities like Osaka, Tokyo, Nagoya... Take the Shinkansen. Take the Shinkansen, which, which is, is like the, the, bullet the bullet train. train. The bullet train. Okay, yeah, I've so heard about that. Train. They're actually a lot more expensive than, than we thought it would be. Even a slow But it kind of makes sense. It's sort of like flying on an airplane that never leaves the ground. You're just cool, getting though. to take off sequence, and then you just keep going choo, until you're choo, at the... Choo, choo. So that's the kind of train where they're... Apologizing when they left 24 seconds early. Oh, yeah. totally. You have, yeah. you have oh, 60 yeah. seconds per station. 
Yeah. We were trying to get into in the train with 300 people. Yeah. And we had like everything lined up and we we're like in position to run into these doors. It was pretty crazy. It was. And then the, the, and the, and the train, the, the platform, the platform attendants with the white gloves stuffing people into the train. And the Shinkansen is not something we really noticed because it's like expensive. Mm. Yeah. Luxury, high speed. I guess, yeah, I guess travel. that's more like the smaller. Like, it gets busy like on the metros and stuff, which you want to use when you land first. Mm-hmm. Really the nicest. Japan is just so user friendly because every one there is so nice. <laughs> I hope that's an appropriate, like, sweeping generalization to make, but I feel like virtually everyone in Japan is really polite mm-hmm. and nice and will uh, help you buy the right train ticket or be walking in the right direction. Like, it's, like, the most user-friendly And if you country. have a... One thing I would advise, if you do travel uh, overseas, make sure that your domestic, um, your domestic phone company knows you're traveling and set up some sort of plan in advance so you can use internet in a different country. Also tell we your have bank. It. Tell your bank yeah, as well. Tell your bank. <laughs> make, sure that, make sure that everyone or everything you rely on is aware that mm. you're going to be in Japan and then getting around is not hard. You just make sure you have access to things by having phone access yeah. and having like money access. Even if you don't have a cell signal, like everything has Wi-Fi everywhere. Mm-hmm. So but what I've heard so that too. Japan is one of the countries in Asia which is the most accessible because it has a Western vibe to it. Oh, Definitely. you know what I call it? I call it the Germany of Asia. Mm-hmm. It literally feels like you're in Germany. Like, the sterileness of the buildings, the way that people... Like, the way stores are organized, the way roads are laid out, um, the way a proton station is set up. I got such Germany vibes. It was just there's Asians walking around. And so much of, of it is, like, new. It's only been, like, in the last 60 years that yeah. Japan has dove into, like, westernization, as, as locals and immigrants in the region often call it. Um... So yeah, there's a lot of creature comforts because it's it you know for for tourists from the U.S. and from Europe uh, for that reason because of like the the cultural cues that they've latched onto for the last uh, for the last half a century or so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, and so including roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about coasters, would you first go to the Japan itself? To hit the the credits there because they're in in the city center. I mean, oh yeah. Oh, in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, what we did is we we our flight. We didn't really have plans for our first evening because like mm-hmm. you never know what's gonna happen, and you never know how tired you're gonna be. But like we rolled into our hotel and we checked in and we still had some daylight, so we went straight to um, Tokyo Dome City, mm-hmm. um, which I think is in the Bunkyo district it's it's a really it's the nice thing about tokyo dump city is that it's kind of like in the middle of tokyo so it's easy to get to from a lot of places yeah, tokyo it's, is it's, big it's very but it's, it's accessible to like pro, like main metro tokyo so like it's wherever you happen to be staying you're never far i don't think from from the tokyo dome mm-hmm. and that's where thunder dolphin is they're like 20 percent smaller millennium force <laughs> with the same amount of force and the same amount of no force. Yeah, or yeah, the same amount of force or lack thereof. Um, I I love Thunder Dolphin though. It's such a it's such a beautiful ride, mm-hmm. and it's a really it's it's a it's like the quintessential Japanese experience. I've actually I I went once in 2017, and then we went two separate times because we yeah we got to the hotel, we checked in, and we went straight to Tokyo Dome and rode it just because we could, and we were mm-hmm. there and. We were we were there for the the 2018 American Coaster Enthusiast Tour, and, and which didn't start till about five days later. Yeah, we kind of came yeah, in early before yeah. we went to to Hong Kong. Yeah, and so we knew that we were gonna be there again with Ace, but we wanted to go 
in advance mm-hmm. just because we could. Um, a lot of parks in Japan do not have the best operations. It's better than like some of the horror stories you hear in mm-hmm. China. But like Thunder Dolphin has very s- slow dispatches. <laughs> Everyone is, and it, it, I think it's just because like, like because it's a leisure activity through and through. Like it's you go there and you behave leisurely, and the workers, like the ride attendants and stuff, are generally excited working mm-hmm. in a leisurely yeah. at a leisurely pace. So it's not so much like the culture is like very into efficiency but um, not when it comes to about but not when it comes to amusement park rides as much mm-hmm. unless it's tokyo disney or like yeah but even like universal studios mm-hmm. is not even universal soccer was very, nowhere near it's just you know like, it's like this is a relaxed space and everybody is trying to unwind um and i think like no one seems bothered by like the the sluggishness and you kind of get used to it like I wasn't that bothered by it there by the end mm-hmm. because it was just, I just was like, okay, like we're in Japan, we're doing things the Japan way and that's totally fine. Uh, not, a, I don't know if everyone agrees with me, <laughs> but, but for me, I just kind of got used to it and I'm like, all right, we're, we're going to get one ride on each coaster in four hours, you know, at this park with four coasters mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and that, and you just get used to that and that's just the way it is. But then you kind of just, you just take it for what it is and you enjoy yeah. We spent a lot of time just enjoying the atmosphere of, par- of parks and not so much worrying about getting multiple rides on things because a lot of times you just you just can't. Yeah. Like, now the nice thing about Tokyo Dome City is the fact that it's located in a very nice, spiffy new shopping, shopping center. Mall. Yeah. So everything is clean. Everything is aesthetically pleasing. And a lot of the smaller Japanese parks we went to, it was they were they were run down. They really weren't that nice of places to be at. Yeah. But Tokyo Dome City. Very, very About nice. ten years ago, fun. Japan was going through a recession, kind of like what the United States was, and uh, the theme park industry suffered. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so a lot of parks closed. There was an incident at one of the parks in Osaka where there was an accident, and, a, and there was a, someone died, and like they, there was a lot of um, changes that were made to the safety protocol for Japanese theme parks, and there were some parks that couldn't afford to make the changes that were necessary for them to legally continue operating. Mm-hmm. And so they several of those, there were about a dozen parks that closed for that reason. And then there have, a lot of the parks that survived have been struggling to, to stay open because of um, the financial hit that they took mm-hmm. um, as a result of this incident because of the economy. So some of that's reflected in the parks, but the parks that are open, you know, that stayed open, which is majority of them, um, they seem to, there seems to be a lot of progress, um, even in the parks that, that, you know, that dealt with setbacks. Tokyo Dome City had, had three coasters at one point, three or four, like simultaneously. And then, um, as of a few years ago, they only had one Thunder Dolphin, um, just because of ridership and operating costs and things. And they're like, well, we're going to focus on keeping the big coaster open. Mm-hmm. Let's not worry about some of the smaller stuff. Yeah. But like... They just opened a new coaster, yeah. like, a few months ago. A little, like, like Pegasi Express at Park Astro. Panic or Coaster, back then. Yeah, yeah. that ride, it, it was a dark ride, apparently. They had, like, a... It must have been under construction we were there. Yeah. I just had no clue. We had no... There was no indication that a coming. new coaster was happening. And it opened, like, three months after we went. And it looks so cool. 
But stuff like that, like these oddball like indoor coasters that Japan is doing, and all this like space efficient um, light show and like multi sensory. I think my favorite one is Spin Runway. Spin Runway at Yomiuri Land. Yomiuri Land. It's a Gershlauer spinning coaster in the dark where you mm. starts out as a dark ride where you go through a fashion factory, and then you go up a spiral lift hill where you play a video game. You have to like, dress up a dog, yeah, which is the character using, of the using park. buttons on your lap bar. And then you go through like the ride, and you're like, "It's a spin runway with a finale." Yes. And, then, like, the and big then the break run carpet. is the red carpet. That's pretty cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's yeah, themed to a fashion factory. Yeah, because it's like a bunch of factories. Of yeah. course, Japan has theme parks. It's the most quintessentially <laughs> Japanese thing I think. Um, but inside the factory is a um, spin. But yeah, this is but that, that's Toshi. No, not Toshi Mai. Yomiuri Land. Yeah, and that that was a park. They built a coaster back in 2014, uh, an El Loco coaster that. Um, was open for three hours and then it broke down and it never, never reopened. reopened. Um, and they just took the loss and demolished it. And, uh, you know, that's a major setback. This is another park that dealt with a lot of setbacks. Um, the nice thing with this park, though, is that it's in, <laughs> it's in the metro. It's in the metro of Tokyo. It's in so the metro. It's not as hard to get to as some other parks are, which are located nowhere. There's some parks in the middle of freaking nowhere. And it's like, like how. Well, to... Nagashima Spotland is like this. Half yeah, hour isolated. drive off, you know, off these like, local service streets. Yeah. So did you go? Um, you didn't go by public transport yeah, to Nagashima. So no, well, Nagashima, no. The, because we were on the ACE tour, we took buses to, uh, between a lot of the major cities. Mm. A lot of this stuff. I mean, it's definitely easier than most places to get to these, the parks in this country. Especially the major parks like Universal and Disney have their own train stations. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but well, even when we went on to like the metro the... map, like Fuji Q Highland, like there's a couple of stations in the Mount Fuji area, but Fuji Q Highland also has its own station. Okay. And even places like we went to an aquarium, they had like their own station for the aquarium. Mm-hmm. So it's really not that, I mean, there's public train station everywhere you go. So even, I mean, it may take a little bit longer. Than in some places do, you but... can very easily like get a bus, okay, like a bus ticket, a bus, like a bus ride or something too. <laughs> um, like one of the parks, there was a park that we were going to visit, um, Park España, uh, Shima, ah, Spain yeah. Village. How um, funny is that? We, a theme was a park type... themed only to yeah. a country. Yeah. <laughs> Your park step aside. We're only doing Spain. Just Spain. <laughs> uh, we were gonna go there, but then a typhoon happened. Mm. So we didn't go, but we were looking at returning at some point, and um, you can per- apparently you can very easily take a bus to that park okay. from uh, from Nagoya. Um, so it's, it's like it's good to know that like even when we're not there with a tour with like guided coaches and mm-hmm. stuff, that like it's still doable. Like we can get to some of these obscure places on mm-hmm. our own. Now, before we hit the big parks, the um, the park where Tokyo uh, where Thunder Dolphin is. Uh, yeah, uh, are Tokyo the, Dome City. Tokyo Dome City. Uh, are there any other yeah. rides that you must do while you're there? Uh, they have an Intamin log flume. Pretty cute. Themed to uh, a popular sports drink called Pokari Sweat. Okay. <laughs> what? Sweat? Uh, Pokari <laughs> Sweat. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it's not ironically, like, it's because it's, you drink it because you sweat a lot okay. and when you play sports and so that's what you drink it for. It has electrolytes <laughs> and stuff in it. And then they have an Intamin parachute drop mm. like from the 80s. And that one um, still works. Like that not, 
And it's still, yeah. And, yeah, and you, you still stand you up. You still stand up. You still it. commit suicide off the thing. Yeah. You can still pull a Knott's Berry farm and just throw yourself from the top if you were so inclined. Okay. I don't think that's happened. It's one way to die. Yeah. Yeah, I guess if you're going to, you know, I don't know. No, let's not go down that road. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so aside from the two coasters, obviously, those the other two major intimate rides in mm-hmm. the park are, are must rides. And other than that, they are really into Pokemon there. Woo! So you can get a Pokemon Gotta catch all. collector's book. Yeah. Oh, totally. You can go all around Tokyo Dome City, and there's like things you collect, photo ops. There's like queues and queues to like get a, your free. Like Pokemon Go. Mm. Pokemon. Like, go like, on paper for all much. of this stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that was Pokemon Go. Into. Yeah. That's interesting. And there's good pizza there. Pizza. Pizza. Mm-hmm. And what about Yomiuri Land? Yomiuri Land. That was a good furniture. That's the, the Spin Runway Park. I love spin that Spin Runway Bandit, which is the first hypercoaster that inspired Magnum. XL200 yeah. at Cedar Point. It was a wild coaster, but it was, you know, my most Togo or Japanese manufactured coasters, the trains are so uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, they fit, like, Japanese-sized people, but not Americans. Yeah. Or Europeans. I think Bandit. Small. Bandit, I think, is that one, I can't remember if that one's Togo or Meshio. It's is Togo. It, okay, it's Togo. In Japan, like, the concept of a, quote, jet coaster, which is a large steel coaster that goes through usually shallow drops and wide turns, and they're usually not particularly thrilling, but they they first came out in the 60s, and they kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger until they became small hypercoasters, and that's what Bandit is. It opened in 1988, and uh, apparently... Um, Dick Kinzel was watching the news and saw Bandit on TV and was like, I need this for Cedar Point. And so that's how Magnum was mm. built. In fact, if I remember correctly, they wanted to go... Yeah, it was Togo. Because I remember now, yeah, they wanted... Togo. Originally, Cedar Point wanted to go with Togo because they wanted something as similar to Bandit as possible. But um, the US dollar was not very strong in Japan at the time. Um, so Aerodynamics stepped in and said, we can build you something stateside for cheaper. So they settled for <laughs> for a Ma- for Magnum instead of something more akin to a Togo with shoulder harnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's one of the problems on that ride. So it's kind of a hypercoaster with some several interesting rough transitions. So you go on the first lift, obviously the only lift, and... <laughs> You know, no, it has a lift at the end, remember? Oh, that's true. <laughs> like and your a first break run, like Your first drop is great, and then you're like, okay, this is not too bad. And you make a pretty okay turn, and then it's, it has another big drop, and it slams into <laughs> a giant helix. upward helix. <laughs> and it just kind of slams into a way too much speed, and you, it's like 100 feet tall. Like, it very gradually starts to bank you for the helix, and, and then the actual helix starts, hit it. and you feel like you're going to face plant, Let's which is it. why the shoulder harness is there. Also, um, it so that's hits its maximum. It goes like sixty-five miles per hour, but it hits that like halfway through the ride because it goes like midway through the ride, it drops down into a ravine. This thing just hauls ass. Like it's such a cool ride. I wish it had good trains. Which is comfortable. It could be amazing if it had trains like Fujiyama. Didn't they make a splash bandit for a bit? Yeah, they had a they had like splash bandits where splash you bandit. would get hit with water during. Yeah, the they ride. would okay. hit you with water several yeah. times during the ride. Because Japan, yeah, Japan. Japanese people like that, I've heard. And talking about water yeah. rides, there is one water ride there, the Splashing UFO Rapid River. Did you do that yes! one? Yes! 
Oh, it's yeah, the ramen the, the Did you know, the did you know that it, the interactivity is from the Belgian company Alterface? Oh, really? Really? Yes. Uh, so, so I, I, that was the best I saw ride that the ride in uh, one of their um, yeah press releases, and it really looks like a lot of fun, like the inter interactive element yeah. that if you don't push enough the buttons that you get soaking wet. Yeah, there was. I don't even push any button. There, yeah, everyone has a button. It's sort of like Spin Runway, mm -hmm. um, where your lap bar has a has a button or two on it, and you, you. There's different segments mm -hmm. of the ride where you pause, and there's a screen above yeah. you, and there's some kind of super villain. Who's gonna turn you to ramen, right? Like, yeah, like super <laughs> ramen, like S O U P. The Kettleman. E R. Super. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. So he's like stirring everything yeah. up. And then <laughs> it's like a revenge, and then you go again. There's like a drop, there's like a big huge drop. It was really strange. It was I really weird. Just was so taken. It was really just a big warehouse. Mm -hmm. with yeah, like they have some this area of the park that's just warehouse themed. Which and is where Spin Runaway is. Too. factory themed okay. ride that was sort of like test track, but without the fast part. Uh, and then the the spin runway fashion factory, and then the noodle, the UFO noodle factory. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm surprised not more parks part, have this. Like it sounds so. It's a, I think original. it's only a matter of time. The um, the Sega Joypolis Park in Tokyo has a has a, a spinning Gershlauer with that's launched and also has a barrel mm -hmm. roll, and it's also a rhythm game. Which is actually pretty fun. Which it's was kind of like tap tap really revenge fun. to ride. Yeah, it was like Again. dance dance revolution for dance hands, <laughs> and and like you would go through these slow parts of the ride where the screen was in front of you and the screen moved mm -hmm. with you. Um, I had no idea what was going on, but I just really liked it. Like, that's actually kind of Japan in a nutshell. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I like it. Um, and then oh, before uh, one more thing at Yomiuri Land, um, they're standing. Their stand-up coaster that's also a sit-down coaster. It's a Togo. What's it called again? Mamanga, mm. which Mamanga is Japanese for coaster. flying squirrel. Yeah, that's what mm. it is. Um, it has two. It has it oh, has okay. two track. Or it has it's one track, but a state like a sliding station, kind of like Mr. Freeze. And there's a sit-down train and a standing train, and there's two separate queues, and you can choose whether you want to sit or stand. This stand-up train was added later, mm -hmm. and the clearance is so incredibly freaking yeah. small. Put your hands down. If you're we a were riding that, if you're over six feet tall, put your hands down. First of all, it's really hard to get into these Togo trains anyways because they're not that big. Oh, yeah, this was your first trains. Togo. Your first Togo so, stand-up. They aren't that big to begin with, so I was like, okay, great. I feel so insecure. Like, just my, oh, my, my shoulders are the only thing that is sort of held in there, and everything else is kind of exposed. Ben, did you ride uh, Skyrider yes. at Canada's Luckily, it was okay. still there. So you know what I'm talking yeah. about. But now it's yeah. closer, yeah, even to go yeah and now it's yep, now it's in italy i had ridden king's king cobra at king's island the year before it was demolished mm -hmm. and then uh shockwave at king's dominion but this was sean's first togo stand-up um and we go down the drop into the loop and we clear the the lift hill and i can't believe i don't yeah, think i've ever been that incredibly frightened on the any coaster and it it was it was completely wild, scary and then there's this part where like you barely clear or support it just it was just the envelope was barely made for a sit-down coaster, yeah. and they put these stand-up coasters on there, and then you put a. It was never something that Togo worried about, had. like clearances, like hand envelopes. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, when Kings Dominion <laughs> built Shockwave, they had to um, 
the turn after the brakes into the station. There's like a U, just a U-turn into the station, and the train, the the halfway, the after the helix, midway through the ride, it would pass under this turn, and um, they had to take the spine of the track and remove it from that turn going into the station because you could conceivably put your hands up and just smack the heck out of your hand uh, on the spine. And they figured this out because someone working at the park had the wherewithal to be like, hey, like, this clearance feels really low. I bet if we, like, parked the train here and I put my hand up, I could grab the spine of the track. And he did. Oh, wow. That's exactly what happened. It's probably about five or six moments on yeah. Momonga Loop Coaster, yeah. which does a loop and a helix. Yeah, and is <laughs> a very it. simple ride, but it left a very lasting impression. Yeah, it's ranked pretty high for me, but I'm pretty sure someone can get killed. Yeah, not too. Okay, too annoying question. Yeah. Do you consider it as one or two coasters? We counted it as two. I know, we're, we're terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. We waited in line for it twice, and it took forever, so we're counting it as two. Okay? Also, these, these are two completely different ride experiences. Totally different experiences. Like, one is uncomfortable because Sit-down train so was, was boring and uncomfortable. The stand-up coaster it's was just too outstanding <laughs> and terrifying. Okay, so, but I do agree. I would our, also count it as two coasters, so... Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like, we count, like, Patriot at Great America and, like, Rougarou mm. and, like, Firebird that's yeah. opening at Six Flags America. Like, we count all those mm-hmm. as two credits. Yeah, it's, it's hard just, for it's us not to. different experiences. Mm-hmm. Um... When the rolling stock, like when the when the type of coaster that you're riding changes, it's like a challenge for me not to count it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We could talk all day about like what yeah. is a credit, and what isn't. But that's not the point of this that, episode. But... <laughs> uh, let's go no. to one of the big parks. How about Fujikyu? Fujikyu Highlands. It's Japan's Six Flags Magic Mountain, but Six Flags Magic Mountain is still better. Yeah. So Fujikyu is actually not very big. It's it actually super coasters. small. It's like Roller Coaster Tycoon, where you have this small map, but everything you want to build is like over 200 feet tall. And so you just have like this narrow little midway with like giant yeah, $20 it's really, million dollar roller yeah, coasters. Yeah, so Fujiyama cuts into the parking lot. Dododompa is kind of circling Wraps part of the, the park. park yeah. Um, Ishinaika starts at the end of the park and runs over to the front of the park. Yeah. So literally the length of Ishinaika is the length of the, the park. Length, yeah. And then we have Takabisha, which kind of has its own field yeah, kind of sticking in a out too. Lot. So the park, like the park yeah. itself is really small. Yeah, but Fujiku, Fujiku, Dorampa, and Takabisha, the state, the entrances are all right next to each other. All the entrances, like in a row. Like you enter the park, and they're and right then there within like a half minute walk. Like, uh, yeah, Takabisha, a few paces. Yeah, it's really like, like a couple a feet, feet from each other. Yeah. From each other, and then Ijinika's on the other side. And so waiting time um, wise, terrible. which one would you do oh, first? Dorampa. Because the number goes down at first, and the vehicles only carry eight people per vehicle, mm-hmm. and it is the ride that goes down the very first thing. Like it, we, it only ran for like half an hour, we went, and we it got was, on it. It was raining, and we knew it was going to rain all day, so we were like, if we get on, we, we prioritized, and we were like, let's get on everything we can, but we have to we have to ride first priority, second priority, and mm-hmm. so on. So we agreed. We had a small group. It was so myself, it's actually just Sean. You and me. Yeah, and well, the, we had Derek and Doug Perry oh, yeah, were pretty on. much the Perry twins. Know. Uh, they're, they're DJs based in Los Angeles and they're, they're good friends of ours and they were on the Japan trip and they, they were basically, we kept running into them because, um, they did the same thing we did. They, they had, had a the good same system. priorities as us because they were, they were out for blood just like we were. So we went straight for Dodompa and got the credit and I was, that was the one that I was most excited mm-hmm. about and the one I was the most disappointed That's by. That's our least favorite coast at Fujikyu. Mm-hmm. So you didn't do it before when it didn't have the looping? Uh, no. no, I wished, but no, we did not. We did it with the loop. 
Yeah. And it sucks because the transition into the loop is super rough. Bad. Like, it's, like, smacked to the side. Oh, wow. The launch itself is great, but it's not that great. The launch was underwhelming. I like Accelerator's launch better. It also has to do with the fact that these trains are giant. You have this giant seat you sit in with a giant restraint. You're, like, really the packed in. Yeah. I mean, it's really good for, like, because it's a pretty big impact. But the launch is quick. And then after that, after the launch, you just kind of coast for, like, half a minute. You're just coasting through the park. You're going fast, but, like, it doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. You're just going really fast. This ride was incredibly I've been expensive, on fast and before. it really doesn't do a whole lot. Yeah, I would say kidney cost better. Yeah. But that's not the point. So, uh, but we were, happy okay. to, we were happy to get on that one first because of the bragging rights. You know, everyone wants to yeah. say they've been on the, the fastest, fastest accelerating, accelerating coaster in the world, even though I'm not even sure that that's true because the ride has no operational need to go 111 miles per hour. Because it you down quite a bit before the loop. So, so. yeah, our theory... Someone actually on the tour, our friend uh, Nathan Firesheets was the one who brought it up, brought us up to that and was like, you know, I don't even think this ride goes near that fast because it never needed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, it, the fact that it didn't feel like it went that fast is probably because it probably didn't. Um, the next coaster we rode, our next highest priority, which was our favorite of the day, I think. Well, maybe... It was a favorite of the day, but not the most impactful. Okay, yeah. Favorite of the day. The, one, the only one that we rode twice... Uh, was Fujiyama. Which is that Togo hypercoaster that everyone once upon a time seemed to hate, but it's an incredible hypercoaster. Like, one of my favorite hypercoasters. Apparently, they, it had a train. It did a rolling stock switch, and it changed a lot of the, trains the negative. Love the leg the room. Nice. Rolling stock switch? Um, uh, yeah, the, the trains. New vehicles, okay. yeah. Yeah, updated trains. I, I, we thought it tracked really well. Really, really intense the like, whole way through. Crazy air time. Like, this... At one point, halfway through the ride, it just dives down about 120 feet drop, and it just hits bank turn. Oh, yeah, the there's entire... a, right at the end of the ride, there's a dirt turn that's, like, at ground okay. level. And you dive into it from And it was, like, it was so different. It's The style of design for this hypercoaster is so different from any other hypercoaster we've been on. And it's on. tall. How tall is it? Like 200... 262 feet. It's, it's, it's tall than a lot. It held the record for it's a tall. while. Uh, because Pepsi Max Big One and Desperado had the record... In 1994, and then when um, Fujiyama opened in, in 1996, it was the tallest coaster in the world and the only one in excess of 250 feet. And then Superman at, at uh, Magic Mountain uh, then took the record away. But it was still the the tallest full the circuit gravity powered yeah. coaster mm-hmm. until uh, Goliath at Magic Mountain opened, and then a month later, Millennium Force. Well, Goliath's only 255 feet tall. Oh yeah, I guess. It, oh yeah, you're Drop. right. So it wouldn't have. Yeah. So it never was, huh? Maybe Fujiyama is not as tall as you think. It's 259. Well, it might not have as big of a drop. 59. Okay. Really? Okay, well, yeah. I'm still close. Anyways, <laughs> okay. Fujiyama <Good> <laughs> is my favorite roller coaster in Japan by just a hair. Uh, because it feels... It's like everything I love about a good aero ride, except even weirder and so It did aggressive. so many different little things. Like It had some major drops in airtime hills that it gave you, like, eject your air. It had some really fast turns that were smooth lots of force and then at, at the end it does this like zigzag thing where it's yeah, zigzag like airtime air hills, hill zigzag and it hits this break right like really it feels fast. like it's deliberately trying to throw you into your seatmate's lap which is really <laughs> interesting like it's really fun like i it, it was amazing it was it, that was the one of all the rides and flat definitely back row ride that too. we got to oh yeah we rode it in the back row both times and i was like this is yeah, so this it is aged well now yeah mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, they, they maintained it well. And everyone seemed to love it. It was the only ride running 
a decent capacity. Yeah, like, they were actually us, pushing you know, like trend. we have some unpopular opinions. We're kind of hot take kings a lot of the time, but sure. uh, Fujiyama being the favorite coaster of the day was not an unpopular. I think most opinion. people were like most surprised by because for mm-hmm. a lot of people, Dadampa was disappointing. Takabisha was was Takabisha. You know. Uh, Ijanika scared a lot of people. Mm. And, also, a lot of people did not get into uh, did not get an Ijanika because um, it's kind of X two except it has only five vehicles. And that was the thing when the road next. It only has five vehicles, and dispatches were awful because you had to take off your your shoes and you have to take off your uh, you have to take off your shoes, put them in a shoe cubby, yeah, and no then there's like out. three different seatbelts, and then there's the actual restraint. Yeah. So like, just get like a fighter pilot harness on top of your X two restraints. They're pretty intense. So uh, dispatches were absolutely miserable, and it was, and it was raining pretty it was hard open for like an hour. I mean, we got really lucky. We were one of the last trains. The line out. was already estimated to be two hours, and we we're like, so we paid for front of the line passes. Yeah. You can buy. We did front of the line passes for every ride at the park, okay. and we got that on the last train. On. It was. Yeah. It was. We spent about sixty bucks USD each to ride five rides, and it was the best hundred and twenty dollars we've ever spent, and probably ever will spend. Because a lot of people did not get the big four, and yeah. we got all big four on yeah. because we just paid to do it. Yeah. We got and on. We only in Japan once. And the so. fact that the park even operated the rides at all was a miracle. I I adhere to the ideology that they were going against their their uh, instincts. It was raining pretty hard. I'm not gonna lie. We to, were at Ijunaika in the pouring for, rain for the fact because Ace was there. And it was because insane. I've never heard yeah. of the park running anything in any condition of rain ever and every ride we got that day was a rain ride except for Dodampa. And they were running two trains. On and they were running two trains on everything. Oh wow. So it was actually so much better than what we were led to believe based on the conditions. Yeah, the lines were long, yeah the dispatches were terrible, but you know what? The rides were open. The quick passes are not that expensive. They're about the same price as Right. They're expensive, you know. but not that expensive if you travel the world to go ride these. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they're like this. They're, it's comparable to like the ones they have at Bush Gardens and SeaWorld. You know, it's like ten bucks for like a Montu Quick Pass or whatever. These were fifteen. Uh, but yeah, we we and the locals don't seem to do them that much. Like the lines for the Quick Pass. Once you got the Quick Pass and like you got on immediately. Yeah. So how does how these Ezekios 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 yeah. work? is there are vending machines in front of every ride and a vending machine instead of like having different drink options yeah it pretty much just has different ride times mm-hmm. so you click on the ride time it's still available you click on it and it just prints you a receipt and the, and the ride time goes away after a couple of receipts so we were just lucky because we bought the ride in the moment and we got them for all the mm-hmm. rides mm-hmm. but i do know on busy days they run out really quick yeah. so it was nice to have that access yeah a lot of people the park wasn't very busy because they're because of, because of the weather and the people probably weren't expecting it was bad so uh we lucked out that was a divine experience mm-hmm. uh being there we should probably talk a little bit about the next coast road Ijunaika, because Ijunaika. that was probably the biggest surprise That's probably one of, of the any, most terrifying things i've ever done like the biggest impact of any coast you've ridden um like x2 is really really good but x2 is tame just basically tame kitty coaster version of Ijunaika. <laughs> Ijunaika is much taller much faster. It's, it's like it does a, way more, way more scary things. X two was the size of Goliath and was actually trying to kill you. It would be Jamaica. <laughs> and it was smooth. People were saying it was rough, but we had such a great and smooth. Experience. I mean, super padded. All of our strains were really padded. In second to last car. I was on the outside too. I was on the wing, and I thought it was really smooth, but uh, but uh, aggressive, mm-hmm. like really to the point where i don't really remember the second half of the ride at all like my <laughs> one thing i remember the most went away my senses like 
at one point I left my body and I was watching us riding, <laughs> like rolling into the break run. Like I really, I don't, I thought maybe I died because I was Kills like, God. it's this, I was like, is this what happens when you die? Like you, you're, you're automatically like up in the ether and you're watching the events unfold beneath you on earth. Like, Oh, that's how it happens. So that that happened in the break run. And I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> I think the craziest part of the ride isn't just that it does everything it has to do us, but a little bit differently, like having backwards life, fight to life, that yeah. sort of thing. I think the the most impactful part of the entire ride is the break run. So like, you, <laughs> yeah. no, seriously, this is people won't expect it. This thing is absolutely crazy, and the ride is you think you're finally about to stop. Instead of like leaning on your back into the brake run, it flips forward yeah. and you're braking facing the catwalk that below the, you. That was the leave my body part. Like I so really like, felt myself. I went in one direction and the, the ride is over pretty went much. Went in another direction. Or almost. I swear. And then you just flip forward and you're going backwards facing forward towards the ground over the catwalk over this piece of metal and you're flying over that. I can't believe they even designed it like that. It was absolutely <laughs> the craziest part of the ride was the brake run. Everyone's like, oh, Alan Schilke, your RMC designs are your greatest work. And we're like, no. Teaching that nope. <laughs> yeah, guys, this is like, it. YouTube, YouTube the brake right run. Right here. <laughs> Do that this for is, me, please. Uh, I don't yeah. understand. Alan Schilke is a madman. Like, because this is, there's just nothing... Nothing could have prepared us for this. We were we were scared because we heard, we'd heard that it was painful. People even on the tour said it wasn't painful, but I must yeah, yeah the, there were like a handful of people on the tour who who wrote it and they hated it. A lot of them hated it because it was too intense. Or yeah, I, I mean, I guess so. I mean, maybe other people don't want to feel like they actually were killed <laughs> on this ride. Like maybe that's a, no, it's a intense. Unique. Ex- it depends you know, on what you unique... expect from a coaster. You know, some people are more like yeah. okay. I like I like to have a bit of intensity, but more the feeling the elements. Otherwise, other people are like me and say like the the more thrilling the better. So that's what's so funny about like Fuji Q in general is like they have these roller coasters that are so over the top aggressive in a region where like everything is a lot of the roller coasters are really tame. You know, like rides like Bandit, which are just you know, or even Thunder Dolphin, even like the big rides are pretty gentle mm-hmm. and then fuji q's like nope we're gonna break y'all in like get ready the fourth coaster and the most recent of the major coasters Takabisha. Takabisha. Mm-hmm. um great ride Gersh i love fighters yeah Carlos drop uh, i mean uh, most steve is dropping a roll at 121 degrees um very good ride actually i think i like that one a lot more than i thought we, it would the rain was getting really, just forgot really hard it, by that great. point by the time we wrote it, we had already ridden. I couldn't see anything. My I think eyes were we, closed. We had gotten the, the other ride. three, and I think we had ridden uh, uh, Fujiyama a second time before we even got the Takabisha credit. No, I think we were Takabisha because we wanted to get all the credits. But I mean, the rain was especially the the part where it's it's like half a launch coaster and half a normal Eurofighter mm-hmm. launch coaster part. It was just it goes seventy two miles per hour. It's not even the fastest or the second fastest coaster at this park. It's not even. That's not even the third fastest coaster it's, at this park. It's the of the big four. It's, it's 72 maximum speed. I think it's, it's the 62 the even. It's, oh, 62 yeah. miles per hour? I'm looking oh, all, okay. up all but the Are you looking up roller coaster database? I think it's 60, it says 62. It was, I, yeah, it, okay, that, okay, that works. That makes more sense, maybe, because I, I don't know. But it was fast, and, and the rain was like needles yeah. in the face. And so I, a lot of my ride, my, my eyes were closed. Yeah, I didn't see much of the ride. It gets hurt a lot. Why trying trying to reveal like, we're gonna face hurt, but overall the ride was, was it was good. I liked it. Your fighters tend to be credit. rough though. Was it rough? 
Actually, no, it was not. Totally it was smooth. smooth. It was cool. And um, my my thinking was like, well, it was the lowest priority, mostly because w- they're building a clone of it in New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, a near clone of it that's going to be it's slightly It's still a cool steeper. credit because yeah. I feel like that's one of those like Facebook wall posts I get from all these people that know like yeah. roller coasters. Yeah. A BuzzFeed video of like the 10 craziest oh, look, coasters. Have you done this crazy coaster in Japan? And I can say yes, I have. And it's like, yeah, it's <laughs> there. I did. <laughs> They're building one in New Jersey. It's not cool anymore, I promise. But overall, Fujiko Han's cool. It's really small. It's kind of, everything is like dark colors. Everything is black, gray, They have a flying white. theater. I never really thought oh. that was fantastic. And what... Uh, Fuji Airways, which is just a Fuji, Fuji uh, Mount Fuji themed soaring over. Okay, the cool Mount thing Fuji. is, every single scene is Mount Fuji. It's just, Mount it's Fuji. just like different approaches. Over oh, it's over. over flowers, Mount Fuji. Yeah. Oh, cloud, Mount yeah. Fuji. I mean, oh, city, it, it, just... Mount Fuji. There is at least two dozen scenes with Mount Fuji in it, and it's like towards all the. There's scenes. a part where there's a thunderstorm and it starts raining inside the theater. And then Mount Fuji. Uh, and then you do a barrel roll, and then Mount Fuji. Um, that's hilarious and then you land <laughs> and you see Mount Fuji and after like four minutes of flying and there's Mount Fuji in the background so yeah it's pretty much just a bunch of Mount Fuji but it's such a wonderful ride and, and it didn't close that was after we'd ridden all the, co- and read, all the coasters it, it were closed rain, but yeah. we were still at the park we are like we need to do this we heard it, we'd heard it was great and it, it was wonderful it was not disappointing totally delivered and they have a cool they got a f- cool Ferris wheel I mean that's honestly if I have a Japanese episode everything is about Ferris big wheels big Ferris wheels big Ferris wheels everywhere that are Lovely, so big amazing, that like you go all. around once and it's like a five minute process <laughs> Ten minutes um, sometimes, yeah, and just a t- like a total like quintessential. We did them every we chance. Did, we, we did got. at least like a dozen giant Ferris wheels. One, some of which were really high tech, like um, Yokohama Cosmo World near Tokyo, where they have that vanished dive coaster thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which was it's, terrible. It's a horrible coaster. It looks Awful. cool, but horrible. Their Ferris wheels, honestly, really cool. It's like really high tech. They have like iPads inside, and you can mm-hmm. like. Like it tells you where to look to see Mount Fuji, where to look to see Tokyo. Also, like Ferris what's cool about cooler. that Ferris wheel is like it's wider than the actual perimeter of the park. <laughs> it sticks out over the <laughs> So like on both sides, it hovers outside of the the um, the property yeah. line. So yeah, it goes over like a apartment complex on one mm-hmm. side. It's yeah. That's cool. also a Facebook post coaster though, the diving coaster. Oh, totally. Spanish. Yeah, we really wanted to like that ride, but the trains are so. Just trying to get into the train, I was like, I wasn't so much paying the ride, knew. and then transitions were horrible. Yeah. Like even if it were a comfortable ride vehicle, the transitions would have been uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And we tell, and people were like, "Oh my god, have you ridden this?" And we're like, "Yeah." And they're like, "How was it?" And we're like, "It." bad it literally is only it's yeah it's just cool to look at we, we want to be we excited for like we sat around the, the pond for like 30 minutes watching it go oh it was fun so much fun to photograph what a fun ride to like enjoy on the but ground. like not on not the riding it yeah for sure is that also doesn't it have a special splash that park log flume yeah oh the oh, oh yeah, yeah the, the log flume, flume was awesome great. it has it's like great a little roller coaster flume. flume there's a couple really. of log flumes in japan where like they turn them into a game because this is Japan, <laughs> uh, and you go down the drop, and you scream as loud as you can, and your scream will get, the, the louder you scream, the higher your score is, and there's a scoreboard at the end of the ride, and they have, like, daily totals and stuff. How and close? There was a couple How close to the condos is that? <laughs> pretty, pretty, well, close. I mean, everything in Japan is Everything close. is soundproofed in Japan. Okay. I mean, everything is just thick concrete walls anyways because of earthquake yeah. regulations, so... I, I, yeah, I, I would imagine that it's not that the sound, the uh, sound pollution isn't an mm-hmm. issue at any of these parks. I mean, like there's theme parks just on top of each other and roller coasters on top of dwellings, and 
Like when you're inside the shopping mall that that Fire Dolphin is on top of, you can't feel that the coaster is oh. around you from inside. You can't hear hmm. it. Coaster's pretty much one giant suspension yeah. bridge anyway. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, let's fly on a dinosaur. Okay. Okay. To Osaka. So the most disappointing part of our trip was Universal Studio oh. Japan. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. <laughs> no, Tobu Zoo was the most disappointing. The Tobu animals was were so miserable. Sad. I forgot I cried there. That was awful. That's true. <laughs> okay, I mean, let's the park was Tobu really Zoo nice exists. Okay. This is, okay. Which park uh, are we talking animal about? Animal rights. Okay, we're going to go to Tobu Zoo okay, for just Tobu one Zoo. moment. Okay. Tobu Zoo is, is an amazing park in, in Tokyo, and they have an they have intimate, intimate megalite. megalite. And it's not that good. Fine, it was fine. And they have a good wooden coaster. And a wooden coaster that's also an intimate. Now, they also have a bunch of animals, animals. that are really sad and live in concrete That's areas. why you cried. Oh. In Japan, animals don't have rights. Neither do hard-working people. But Work culture is kind of intense. They're always very nice. Sorry if we offend anyone in advance. We love Japan. Come we on. love Japan. Okay. <laughs> so... Anyways, that's why we didn't like Tobuzu. So that was disappointing. But Universal was also kind of disappointing. Which it was expensive. Okay. Hang on, hang on. Regina, is she good? Yeah. She was Ooh, lovely. She good. <laughs> they, 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 she's so well-maintained, you think they would throw some of that money, some of that maintenance budget over to the camels that are dying. Oh, the elephants. The elephants that are caked in mud with so no water. Sad. It was With the cheetahs bad. lying on... The concrete pads. It was really bad. It was honestly like, it was our very first park that we did in Japan with a tour. And I was like, yeah, well, was like, oh my God. It's this kind of country. <laughs> okay. Having said that, the Universal was Flying all... Dinosaur was great. Flying Dinosaur was not running the way I was thinking we're running capacity wise because the station is set up really weird where like you enter in the middle of the station okay. and then you exit on either side of the station. So it's either they run two trains or they run four trains. Because of the loose article. But this is Universal Orlando. I mean, this is Universal Japan. So running two trains they still means the line They have the third highest attendance. Like, the third highest attendance of in any the world. park in the world. And it's the busiest Universal Park. Yet their operations were nowhere near where they should have been. Which was disappointing to me because everything felt like a money grab. We spent like 300 bucks on getting... On express passes. On the line passes and stuff to make sure we wrote everything. Which, honestly, when I go to Universal Park on a weekday in September... September? Also, October? we were there from like wanna, we were there from 10 a.m. until midnight. Oh wow! So, yeah. So there's like a two-hour line for Jurassic Park River Adventure, but they're using one station of the two. There is a four-train possibility to run on the Flying Dinosaur, but they run two trains, and the line is like three and a half hours. So we were forced to either pay to ride or to use single rider lines. The single rider lines are great because the wait times are usually way less Inflated. than what they're not they true. Yeah. say they are, which is not something that people would generally know. We, our theory is that they're either trying to cover their butts so that if the wait for some reason is that long, no one complains. Not that anyone would complain anyway because it's Japan. But Or they inflate the wait times so that they can sell the express passes. Mm-hmm. Either way, we didn't want to gamble with it, so we did the express pass. And um, aside from how much money we spent, I mean, we also spent a lot of money on souvenirs and... <laughs> Keychains. Tokyo Disney souvenirs were a lot less expensive. Yes. Yeah, chains, I think yeah. I think the main issue for us was is that we spent three days at Tokyo Disney, two at Disney Sea, one at Disneyland, and it was great. It was affordable. We we're like, wow, this is awesome. Like operations are on point. Staff is amazing. Cost of food is not as expensive. Cost of souvenirs at Tokyo Disney were it cheaper, was than, cheaper Disneyland, than Disney World. Cheaper than Disney World. Disney Disney World. World. And a one-day ticket to either park. They don't do park offers unless you buy at least three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three days. Right. So you do, like, if you buy it for Tokyo Disney, 
if you buy a three-day ticket, you still have to do one day at one park, one day at the other park, and then your third day is a park hopper. Or if you're four-day ticket, your fourth day is a park hopper. $74 USD. 74 For Tokyo That's Disney it. What? Or Tokyo Disneyland, whichever. Like, But then Universal Osaka or Universal Japan, so much more expensive just to get in, just to get on some rides and have to pay for Express Pass. And then souvenirs and food were, were outrageous. Vegetarian items were not on any of the menus unless you specifically spoke to the chef about it, which after trying four restaurants, I decided to go and do that because I was mm-hmm. over it. So there was a lot of those things where I was like, wow, you're like the top tier Star Parkers Universal. You are technically sort of competing with Disney, even though you're a different city. People know what USJ means. Everywhere we went, everyone's like, oh, USJ. USJ like, it's, a, USJ. it's a household name. USJ. But the experience <laughs> did not lend, them, lend itself to that. So great rides, definitely. But I just thought... It was more of a money grab. In their defense, like it's basically it. Universal Studios Florida and Islands of Adventure combined in one, in one game. Oh, wow. Which is why we needed 14 hours. It's a hours large to do park. It's a very large park. Like doing uni- both Universal Florida parks in one day and having the park hopper in one day is what it feels like to do just Universal Studios. I kind of feel like that park was built like USF, like Universal Studios Florida. Yeah. And then they start expanding, 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 yeah. and then suddenly they run out of room for a second gate, so they kind of just put everything just, in the yeah. first gate. So it's just, and now they charge prices it's almost to like, make up for it's it. It's almost like Europa Park level, where like this park could be easily be two gates, but it's just a big run-on sentence mm-hmm. of a theme park. It just became bigger and bigger, and I feel like they really, like Universal Studio Florida has a higher profit margin because they have two parks they can charge for. Yeah, and I feel like Universal Japan kind of became this place where they wanted to make as much money as they would have made out of two parks, but they, but they tried to make the money from one park. Yeah. So um, Universal, their yeah. Express Pass system works yeah. that they give you a selection of rides and you have to pick a certain amount of, like it's an either or. So it's like, oh, you want to ride either Jurassic Park or you want to ride Jaws. So you have to pick one, but you can't say pick both. And they still have Jaws, mm-hmm. and it was great. Or like, oh, you want to ride Harry Potter or you want to ride Flying Dinosaur? Well, I want to ride both, but you can't pick both. You have to pick either one. Yeah. So, like, that's how the system is set up. So, even if you pay big money for the Express Pass, you can ride everything. You All have right. to buy different Bad packages. Bad stuff aside, the ride roster there is out of control. Flying Dinosaurs, awesome. Outstanding ride. Hollywood Dream backdrop is amazing. Unbelievable. I mean, those are that. Those are two of the best B&Ms in the world. Mm-hmm. And Hollywood Dream may not look like much, but that ride yeah. is it was, outstanding. It was spicy. It was good. And riding it backwards, which is, they have a separate attraction. Yes, we counted it as two credits, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> It has a, it has its own name. Its, it's own called backdrop. Star. It has its everything, and so it, it runs four trains, three forward facing trains, and then one backdrop mm-hmm. train. Backdrop is not. It's the only attraction that's not an express pass. So the first thing we did was we ran in there and we got in line standby Took for backdrop to get our, our get our credit. How and, long did um, you wait? Twenty. So the park just opened and you waited only 20 minutes. You already already 20 minutes. The very first thing we did is we bought, we had with our ACE tour, with our tour of of the country, we had a seven ride special express pass included, but it didn't include all the coasters, you know, like the pick and choose thing. So we we purchased another purchase. Just to make sure we got multiple rides on Flying Dinosaur. And And then we ran over to To Backdrop. To Backdrop. And we waited only about 20 minutes to Backdrop. Yeah. The lines really did get much worse as the day went on. Like, yeah. it really wasn't that bad the first hour or two. People were still kind of arriving. Yeah. Um, so that was not bad. But yeah, it was a really great good. ride, really th- thrilling, fabulous airtime, music, great mm. music. The music choices, they had, two, they had two J-pop songs, one of which was written specifically for the ride, and then um, Happy by Pharrell, Shake It Off, Taylor Swift, and Bad Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, only, awesome. only five options, unlike Red Rocket. Yeah. 
But it was fun. This is a precursor to Rip Ride Rocket, and in some ways it's better, in some mm-hmm. ways it's not as good, but um, still just a fabulous ride. Did you know Forward two at was a some point forward. it was rumored for Plopsaland in Belgium, that ride? Really? Really? Really. Like a similar coaster to that one. Like a B&M music yep. coaster. Like Happy Valley uh, Beijing, Beijing yes. got a, a version of it. Doesn't look as good as yes. look as good. US Jason. And then Flying Dinosaur is the best flying coaster ever. And for me, it's because unlike Tatsu and Manta and like some of, like there's a lot of meandering that goes along mm-hmm. where it's just kind of like oh you're drifting this way oh I'm a I'm a leaf in the breeze kind of Flying Dinosaur like hauls ass the whole way. A it bunch a, of elements. It, it has a stop. real first drop. It just nose dives into the midway. It does a 540 degree barrel roll into the sky. into an Immelman. And then nosedives into the crowd again, and then into a pretzel loop that's buried in the ground. I mean, it is just rapid fire. I think my favorite part is after the pretzel loop, there's this airtime hill. This there's small, an airtime quick hill. airtime hill, and it shoots you over to water, and you have this. Oh, wow. It's a beautiful ride. On ride, off ride. Rapid Best fire flyer. But, uh. I mean, nice. <laughs> a friend of flyer. mine didn't like it that much because it was too intense. It's it's yeah. honestly, especially after a long day, like in a morning or battle ride, but like at night. Oh, yeah, we did. Fast. We rode it at night, fast. and we were pretty much mush when we came back to the city. <laughs> Still better than Tatsu, though. Like I, I Tatsu, Tatsu's pretzel loop. The bottom of the pretzel loop on Tatsu is like mortar and pestle level, and where you leave your body. I, yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, you look at yourself going as much the fun. You feel like you're vibrating into molecules and drifting away from everything. Now, Flying Dinosaur is intense, but there's not as much of that like prolonged G-force exposure. Everything's like quick. the bottom of ta- like the pretzel on on Flying Dinosaur is snug. It feels like the boomerangs on Afterburn and Montu, uh, where like you're you're at at the part on, that's you know below the ground, and you're just going so fast, and you're back out before you even realize it. Um, so I think that's like the secret the secret to like a good flying coaster is like instead of the drifting and the kind of hanging and the this thing just pummels you but in a good way I'm pretty sure Flight of the Hippogriff was your favorite coaster of the day though (laughs) oh yeah actually it was Space Space Fantasy Fantasy. well I'm looking up that ride (laughs) on uh, RCDB and it has like six names it's a VR it has a VR overlay. Now right the name now. is called oh Lupin God. the Third Car Chase Ride. Oh, <laughs> oh well, there we go. Anyway. I, that's an that's an anime I've actually heard okay. of. When we went, it was uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, um, mm-hmm. something something, Exhaust. and it's a Mac spinner. But for the VR, they lock the cars from spinning from spinning, and they only load the forward facing seats. Okay, horrific. I know. I horrific see you shaking your head. Again, You're like, more. why is it like this? But the cool thing is, even though everyone got a headset, and there were like there were a million staff members on the movie. And the VR the wasn't even that good. The consolation prize was that the effects inside, the practical effects in the ride still work. So you take off your headset, even though they are like really certain about not taking it off. You take yeah. it off. I know. Sorry. <laughs> we're and not, you look normally, around, we wouldn't disobey park policies. But and like, all the effects were working. It was really, really cool. Yeah. It's a really nice The practical ride. effects for Space Fantasy are, are really fun. Like better than Space Man. Well, that's not saying a whole lot. <laughs> I know, but just just yeah. so people don't think it's just another space man. It used to be ET. They had the ET adventure there for like ten years, and they no one cared. They just didn't. So it they didn't stick. Rid of it. I thought ET was pretty kawaii. Kawaii. But apparently, the people of Osaka. Out of this world, good. 
Oh my god. And so was... <laughs> how did Harry Potter compare to the Universal That's my favorite the, one. to the Orlando or the the Hollywood version? Yeah, Harry Potter. The, my favorite I mean it's they're Harry they're can you not? <laughs> you, you're getting tired. Um the Escape from Gringotts there is my favorite one of the three because Escape from Gringotts. Is oh not. no, sorry. Uh, the, the other Forbidden one, Journey. Forbidden, Escape, Someone's getting tired. Escape from Hogwarts. Um, is, <laughs> it's my favorite of the three because um, it, it's a Japanese dub, so like all oh of the God. actor scenes and stuff are still there, but they have Japanese voiceovers. And, is it like, that? I don't remember. No, it <laughs> totally did. Hermione is speaking Japanese, and her lips are not moving with the it, it, like a like an old Godzilla movie that's dubbed in English but in reverse. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was my favorite. <laughs> I loved it so much for so many reasons. Not the least of which being that I'm like really sick of the dialogue on that ride, and it, it makes me feel better to not have to hear it because I don't understand Japanese, mm-hmm. and I and I and I I want to keep it that Babe, way. We had literally not written, you had only written for Journey like twice before you wrote the Japanese I one. Really, Can't be like I'm like sick of that. No, I'm just I I I love Harry Potter, but not that mm-hmm. much. Like I know what they're saying. I know what happens in the ride. Like. It's caving in. Yeah. Watch out. Keep up, Ron. No, okay. Like, I've had enough. Of, <laughs> I, like, I know I know what they're saying. Hearing the Japanese dub and, like, seeing safe. seeing the lips move on the on the actors and then the Japanese voiceover on top was became my favorite part of the ride. So. Expecto Patronum. Get away from them. Expecto Petroleum. <laughs> Expecto Skin Rash. <laughs> um, so that was great. And, yeah. and they have the black leg. Which is cool. So the castle reflects on the water, mm. and it's all a little more. Yeah, they say that the the Harry Potter area feels more authentic because it's in a forest. It's very secluded. Now the only issue is they're building um, Nintendo Land, Nintendo Land right next mm. to it. So all we saw was a bunch of cranes and big show buildings being built. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you have to walk. You have pretty much the um, the the Harry Potter area is located like on it's the right outside of the park. But you have to like literally navigate all around Jaws and yeah. around the uh, kitty area to get there. So this is long nice walkway through the Forbidden Very Forest. Very grand. You feel like you're really taken to another place, which is great. Unlike the other ones, especially uh, Hollywood's. Yeah. So. And that that all worked. And then the Harry Potter parade sequence. They have a nice. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. How four, is that? Yes. There's. It's a parade that comes in four parts: Harry Potter, Transformers. Jurassic World, Jurassic World and Despicable yeah. Me. And so it's like three miniature parades put together four. that have like, or four, yeah. They each have like three or four floats and like projection mapping on the buildings and Lots stuff. Lots of actors. Oh. But like goodness. it was so incredibly good. We we ran through the park three different times to it go watch it over and over again. It zigzags all over the Hollywood and New York area. And like we said, this is a big park. Mm-hmm. So like we caught the parade three, they do the parade once, but we watched it three times because we caught it at the beginning ran around to another place and where it started again and then kept running around and, and because the Harry Potter stuff especially was like it's seriously the best and I'm, this is not a saturation this is seriously the best parade I've ever seen or ever like yeah even though it existed I mean the the Harry Potter stuff is great there's a lot of acting going on there's just so sequ- show sequences they have that like last five little minutes Hogwarts on wheels and it gets attacked by Hogwarts Dementors Express, and the Death Eaters perform oh yeah yeah the Death Eaters mm-hmm. but, sorry uh, and the students perform uh, the Patronus spell. All together like, one. And it's in unison, like, with the music, it's all choreographed, and it ha- the sequence ha- sequences happen in, like, every, like, and they're, like, five minutes long, yeah. I guess, and then they and then they reset. Uh, I, 
I just then, couldn't. I mean, the Harry Potter stuff is absolutely amazing. But even if you're like not that big of a Harry Potter fan, the yeah. Jurassic World stuff is really cool too. Oh there's all God. these trucks, yeah. and there's like all these giant animatronic dinosaurs that are walking off the trucks and breaking yeah, through. Yeah, they had costume into the audience. Costume characters that were Velociraptors escaping from the floods mm-hmm. and running into the. It was incredible. The like, and then it, I've never seen anything that amazing in my entire life. <laughs> like that, I mean, that completely was the redeemer of the day. Yeah, that was like, okay, great. That it was, was a long day, today. and we spent a lot of money. But the parade, which required no express pass and no standing in line, uh, really made up mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. But you really, I mean, they, it was late. It was. 9 p.m. when the parade started, and a lot of our colleagues had already gone back to the hotel. And like, you guys missed it. Oh, yeah. Best attraction. The best thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> so I'm not usually a big parade person, but that was, like, life-changing. It was hard. It, yeah, it's hard. Disney parades I love, but I feel like once you've seen one, you've kind of seen mm-hmm. them all. This was... Universal Florida has a parade, but it's pathetic. It's, it's pathetic it, parade. I can't even look at it when it's <laughs> Universal there. Super, super pathetic, um, pathetic parade. It's really bad. Uh, whereas, like, if, if Universal... Florida had this parade this night. This it was brand mm-hmm. new for yeah. our visit. Like it was a 2018 edition. If if Florida had that parade, people would be buying. I think it's gonna come to Florida packages. because they already used projection mapping on the buildings of Florida for their new nighttime celebration. Mm-hmm. Also, they designed the floats in Florida. Okay. Like they were built, they were built here as Universal and then shipped to Florida or to Osaka. So I'm like, they need to. They need this parade. Yeah, I'm pretty sure so, bring it and yeah, people will And come. Japanese people were already sitting there for two hours probably beforehand to yep. watch no, it. Oh, they were oh, so yeah, into Absolutely. It. I mean, they're into everything. Yeah, like Tokyo Disney, um, the Universal Studios Japan fans mm-hmm. are Plentiful. copious. And instead of like the Mickey Mouse ears everywhere, it's... Um, it's um, A lot of Sesame Street. Sesame Street. And Snoopy. And Hello Kitty. Mm-hmm. Which... And Hello, yeah. Hello Kitty. Yeah, so in America, it's kind of like SeaWorld Parks Entertainment has all the Sesame Street mm-hmm. stuff. Um, Cedar Fair has all the Peanuts and you know, Snoopy stuff. And then Six Flags has Wonder Butters, that sort of thing. Um, Universal doesn't have too much. Minions. But in the United States, I mean in, uh, in Japan, sorry, I'm getting tired. In, the United, in, the, in Japan, they kind of were able to buy all those rides up. So they have mm-hmm. pretty much everything that you can think of of all the United States theme parks, all those characters all living in I guess that's kind of there. why, like, we, we figured, like, maybe that's why it's so expensive mm-hmm. is because they have all so these items. Yeah. yeah. Like, they have one area that's called Universal Wonderland, and it's Snoopy and Sesame Street and Hello Kitty mm-hmm. in one mm-hmm. area, coexisting harmoniously. But to wrap up Universal, like, when I w- watch this site, num- the amount of rides... Like, the number doesn't look that high, though. And still, you say that you needed, like, uh, 12 hours to do the whole park? 14 hours, yeah. Well, that's, again, reflecting on the operations mm. that we talked about. Because, um, like I said, it's not a busy day at all by, like, Universal Osaka standards. But there's, like, a three-hour line for Flying Dinosaur, two-hour line for Jurassic Park, two-hour line for Gekion VR Coaster, an hour-and-a-half line for Hollywood Dream. Mm. That's I guess big- it just felt like, I mean, they've got five coasters and they've and they've got you know they got minions spider-man, spider-man harry potter Hulk, uh not hulk so basically every ride just has hulk. a long queue and yeah especially especially because yeah. long queues and it's just a big park because mm-hmm. you have a much larger lagoon in the middle of the park than you have in florida mm-hmm. so like the park itself is also spread around the large lagoon um, Harry Potter's and located Harry Potter far outside so of it. far away mm-hmm. from everything else. Um, and it's, 
Yeah, again, I think that you could do it, you could do it in one day if the parks were run like they run Universal Orlando Resort, but the park wasn't run that mm-hmm. way. The park was run much less like capacity focused, and that really made for it taking longer to get. To so either you do it in one day with a fast pass, or you do it in two days. <laughs> Days. Yeah, you do it in two days regularly. They're really nice one hotels, day but they're using expensive. like several packages of different kinds of fast mm-hmm. passes to get mm-hmm. your stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's wrap up this episode and consider this as part one. Okay. Yeah, I agree. That with way, you. in part we're two, like an hour in, we can no discuss. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Disney, Tokyo and Disney, and Nagashima Spa Land, and any other park that you or ride you've done. Port Nagoya Sea Aquarium. Mm-hmm. And uh, some other stuff. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And um, we'll continue in a couple days, and we'll release another episode, episode five, which will be the second part of the Kawaii Coast Kings adventure. Um, Are you sure? Yeah. Well, they're, they're well, maybe it'll be maybe part we'll three. We'll probably have a regular we'll episode co- in between. Or we'll do a regular yeah. episode. We have to talk about our okay. Six Flags Great Adventure visit. It's true. We rode King Ka. It was absolutely insane. Wild. It was cool. We'll tell you all. And about I'm going it. to. I mean, you already know about it. And I'm going to do an update on Fury. Uh, at Bobby Island, which released something very You're going, like, today, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to shower, and I'm going. <laughs> That's okay. awesome. I'm so excited right. for that. So we've got a lot, of, uh, a lot of new content on the website. We're launching a new um, set of articles that we bring it back from 2016. It's uh, it's called The Five. So we have a little listicles every week with some of our favorite coasters, yeah, some of the best stuff. coasters, top five stuff. We're doing it's a awesome. Japan list. That's, like, our top five Japan coasters to kind of tie in with mm-hmm. with this episode. Yeah. Um, we released... As very first website, the SeaWorld Orlando 2020 coaster information. So make sure if you haven't heard about that yet, which is impossible, you have to go to our website <laughs> as well for that, thecoasterkings.com. You're welcome for that in advance. Yep. Um, we have a lot of other reviews live, and we're doing pretty good. We're, we're having, we're pushing a lot of content lately. So every day we try to post something on the website. So make sure to uh, to stay tuned on thecoasterkings.com as well. Yes, and we hope you like it, of course. And any feedback is always welcome. Yeah. And uh, share our podcast. Yeah. People you know, like talking about roller coasters and stuff <laughs> wow. with people who are tired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The people who are at their best when they're delirious. All right. Go that way. And this is what I'm going to say Coast of Kings Radio, out. Bye. Good night. Good, night. good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Have a good day.